You know, you've heard the saying there's two things that are guaranteed in life, right? Death and taxes. I want to submit to you there are actually three things that are an absolute certainty in life. Death, taxes, and trouble. Trouble. There's something that we're going to all face, and that's trouble in our lives. So I don't know what your trouble is this morning. Maybe it's due to sickness, and you don't see the way out. Maybe sadness has gripped you, and you just can't see the way out there. God is available. Maybe your trouble this morning is due to your own sinfulness. But God is still there, and He's able to set you free from whatever your trouble is. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. same as the uh, song that we just listened to, But Thou, O Lord. We'll be in Psalm 3 here in just a minute. You know, you've heard the saying there's two things that are guaranteed in life, right? Death and taxes. I want to submit to you there are actually three things that are an absolute certainty in life. Death, taxes, and trouble. 
trouble. There's something that we're going to all face, and that's trouble in our lives. Difficulties, hardships. It's common to mankind, whether you're saved or unsaved. You're going to have trouble in your life. And trouble is not strictly an individual problem. It can be a national problem as well. When we think about some of the things that happen in our country's history, our nation's history, what are some things that you can think of when our nation was in trouble? First thing that comes to my mind is the Civil War back in the 1860s. Thousands upon thousands of our young men fought and died in the eastern half of this country. The blue and the gray. Many times brother fighting against brother for the cause that they were fighting for. And that was a national trouble that we went through. Fast forward a little, little more and you think about the stock market crash of 1929. That ushered in the Great Depression. The worst and the longest and the most severe economic downturn that we've ever seen in this country. Most household incomes during the Great Depression dropped by 40%. 11,000 banks failed during the Great Depression. Unemployment in 1929, right before the crash, was almost zero. But four years later, by 1933, it was over 25% unemployment rate. That was a time of trouble. Fast forward a little more in our history, you think about the bombing of Pearl Harbor and our entry as a country into World War II and the, all the lives that were lost in World War II. And that was a national trouble. Forward a, a little bit further ahead, you think about the Korean War, the assassination of John Kennedy, the Vietnam War, Watergate. It's a national crisis, national troubles all around. And then most recently, we think about 9-11 and, and the war on terrorism that we've been involved in for the last 20-some-odd years. National troubles. But what about on an individual level? When you think about things on an individual level, what are some kinds of trouble that you can have or that we have had in our own lives? Certainly sickness can be one. Sicknesses can be something that brings us trouble. Financial. Sadness can bring trouble. You know, sadness is a, a normal emotion when things don't go the way we expect them, when we're, something is disappointing to us. We can be sad, but if sadness persists, it can turn into depression. Did you know that 17 million people a year in this country alone suffer from depression? 17 million. Year upon year, it's a rolling average. 17 million people. So your, your trouble could be from sickness, it could be from sadness, it could be from your own sinfulness. And you heard me right, it can be caused from your own sinfulness. Our sin can get us into trouble. You look around this country and the jailhouses are full. And the court dockets are full. And the juvenile detention centers are packed all because of the sinfulness of man. And that's trouble. That's trouble. The kind of trouble that David was facing when he wrote Psalm 3 is a direct result of his own sin. You know, no matter how large or how small in our eyes our sin seems to be, it can bring trouble. It has consequences. 
You remember David's sin when he had the affair with Bathsheba? And then when he found out when Bathsheba was found out she was pregnant with his child, then he took steps to cover it up. He brought uh, Uriah back, Bathsheba's husband, and had him killed, trying to cover up his sin. And those sins that he committed back then had consequences that lasted David the rest of his life. God spoke to David through the prophet Nathan in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And this is what God told him. If you've got your Bible there and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 12, starting in verse 1, this is what it says. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing this, what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. The price that David paid, the David's sin, the murder and the adultery, the price that he paid was high. And God told him there through the prophet what's going to happen. Told him about the consequences of his sin. He says, I'm going to do it in broad daylight. And David spent the rest of his life regretting what he had done. Listen to what David wrote in Psalm 51. He said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. You see, David always remembered what he did. He couldn't ever put it down. It was always eating him up on the inside. Sometimes we bring troubles on ourselves because of our own sinfulness. Now, there are troubles that are brought on by sickness or sadness, but sometimes we bring them on by the sinfulness that we have in our lives. So when trouble comes like that, when when troubles of any kind come, whether they be from sickness or sadness or sinfulness, what do we do? Where do we go? And to whom do we turn? 
As Christians, we ought to turn toward the Lord. Psalm 46 reminds us that. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we need to be remembered. We need to be reminded to turn back to the Lord. So we're going to read Psalm 3 this morning. I'm going to read it from the King James Version. And we're going to see some things about how David dealt with the trouble that was facing him as a consequence of his sin. We're going to see how he dealt with those things and some of the things that he was reminded of as he had this conversation with himself and God. And there are three things that I think that same three things we need to be reminded of as well when we get into those times of trouble in our lives. So let's read together Psalm 3. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked. For the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Let's pray. Lord, as we look into this psalm, Lord, as, as we think about trouble in our lives, Lord, help us to remember these things that you're going to lay on our hearts this morning. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll give you a little bit of background. David is writing this psalm after a great deal of trouble has befallen him. As we read in 2 Samuel just a minute ago, God spoke through Nathan the prophet and told him what was going to happen. He said, you're going to your wives are going to be taken by somebody in your own household. And they're going to lie with them out in public for all the world to see. And the sword won't depart your house. And so that's kind of where David finds himself. Absalom, his own son, has slept with his concubines right out there in the open. They pitched a tent and just let everybody watch. And Absalom had been working behind the scenes to turn the hearts of the people against David and toward him gaining favor with the people, and he had successfully led a rebellion. And so David has is, David is left town, and he feels like the world's against him. And in most cases it is. Most of his friends, a lot of his friends that he had had, all of his acquaintances, a lot of them had forsaken him. And they joined the ranks of the troubled, the ones that were troubling him. That's why he said there, many are they that trouble me, and his situation was bad. You know, those people that said there in uh, verse 2, I believe it is, says, many are they that said of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Now, I don't know whether these people really thought that or whether they just thought God was unwilling to help him because they knew what all he had done over the years. But I wonder what David thought. I wonder if Satan was whispering in his ear, God's against you. You know, we get into those times sometimes in our life and we get into trouble and things are not going 
our way, we feel downtrodden and we start hearing those little thoughts in our minds that Satan puts there. God's against you. I'm, I don't know whether Satan was doing that to David, but I've got a pretty good feeling he was because he's done it to each and every one of us. When we get down and out, we start hearing those little lies in our head that Satan puts there. When troubles come, that's exactly what Satan does. Jesus talked about Satan being the father of lies in John chapter 8 and verse 44. He said, when he lies, he speaks his native tongue for he's the father of lies. So in our lives, when you and I face troubles, there are three things I think we need to remember this morning. Number one, when we face troubles, we need to remember that God is aware of our troubles. He's aware of our troubles. Psalm Three there, those first three verses, David writes, Lord, how, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. No matter what trouble comes our way, we need to remember that God is aware of our troubles. Nothing catches God by surprise. In Psalm 139, the first five verses of that psalm, says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. And then verse 16 of that same Psalm 139, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, he knows everything about us, including our troubles. There's nothing that takes God by surprise. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus was talking and he said, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. God knows the very numbers of hairs on our head. So I'm sure he knows that the troubles we're going through as well. He's aware of our troubles. There's no trouble that comes your way or mine that God's not right in the middle of and knows all about. He knows the beginning of it, the middle of it, and the end of it. He sees it all. There was a Casting Crown song that was familiar several years ago, popular back eight or ten years ago. And this is the words of that song. From Casting Crowns, it says, From where I'm standing, Lord, it's so hard for me to see where this is going and where you're leading me. I wish I knew how all my fears and all my questions are going to play out in a world I can't control. When I'm lost in the mystery, to you, my future is a memory. Because you're already there. God is already there in our troubles. We need to remember that. Proverbs 15 and verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Friend, whatever troubles you're facing this morning, whether they're due to sickness or sadness or your own sinfulness, we need to be remembered, we need to be reminded that God is already there and He's aware of our troubles. But not only that, the second thing I think we need to know, not only is God aware of our troubles, God is available during our troubles. He's available. Look at verse 4 there. David writes, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me out of His holy hill. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. 
I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Not only is God aware of our troubles, but He's available during our troubles. 24-7, 365 days a year. He is available. He hears our prayers for deliverance. Isaiah 41 and verse 10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And we already talked about Psalm 46. God is our refuge and ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. That means He's always available. No matter what the circumstances. You know, when we feel alone, it, it kind of makes our fear level go up and our, our anxiety go up. And I imagine you've probably been this way. I've had this happen to me eight or ten times in my life where I'm on a winding country road and the water pump goes out on your vehicle or you get stuck. And no matter if you've got cell phone service, which is a rarity in the country, if you do have cell phone service and you can't get anybody to answer the phone, it makes you feel even worse. Because nobody's available. And I've had that happen eight or ten times in my life. When you're alone out there in the country and there's not a house for miles, and you're standing there in the dark. And you're alone and you don't have anybody available. But God is never that way. He is always available in our troubles, regardless of what they are. He reminds us there in Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, Call to me and I will answer you. He's always there. He'll always answer because He's always available. And He's always listening for you and me to just to reach out to Him in the midst of our troubles. He's right there. We just need to take hold of Him. When troubles come our way, we need to remember that God is aware of them. And God is available in the midst of them. And the third and final thing I think we need to know this morning, God is able to deliver us from them. There's no problem too big for God. There's nothing He can't handle. Isaiah 59 tells us that. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor His ear too dull to hear. He's able to deliver you and me from whatever trouble we're facing. Jeremiah 32 and verse 7 says these words, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? No. God's bigger than our problems. He's able to deliver us from them. Here's another verse for you. Hebrews 7, starting in verse 24. Because Jesus lives forever, He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, He is able to save completely those who come to God through Him because He always lives to intercede for them. And we sing the words of that old familiar hymn. Though Satan should buffet, and he does. Though trials should come, and they will, and they do. Let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. He overcame death in the grave for you and me. And I don't imagine there's any problem that you and I can ever face, any trouble that you and I can ever face that's greater than that. Because he suffered and bled and died, and he conquered death in the grave. So there's no trouble in my life or yours that he's too small to handle. He's able to deliver you and me and set us free. So I don't know what your trouble is this morning, what you're facing. Maybe it's due to sickness. 
and you don't see the way out. Maybe sadness has gripped you. And you just can't see the way out there. God is available. Maybe your trouble this morning is due to your own sinfulness, just like David's. But God is still there. And He's able to set you free from whatever your trouble is. He is aware, He is available, and He is able. That's our God. We just need to remember to turn our eyes upon Him as we're going to sing in just a minute. Look full in His wonderful face and the troubles, the things, the problems of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Would you do that this morning if you haven't already? If there's some other need on your heart or in your life, God is listening. You turn it over to Him this morning as we stand and sing in just a minute. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful that you are our shield. You are our glory. And you lift our heads, Lord, in the midst of troubles. You're aware of them. You're available to help us. And you are able to help us. Help us to commit that to our hearts this morning and share that with others as we leave this place. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.